how mutable are our feelings and how strange is that clinging love we have to life even in the excess of misery hello and welcome to episode 149 of under the call of ms it's a regular thursday episode a little bit of comic a little bit of ms start out talk comic talk about angel versus frankenstein too and that was a quote from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, I never got to read Angel vs. Frankenstein 1. Didn't know it was out there. I am going to have to look for it. Apparently they had a big battle that almost killed Angel. And also Frankenstein in some way because he's already dead. But can't be destroyed. He's just... I'm sure there's a way that you can destroy him correctly or whatever, where he won't come back. But uh, you find out Angel's kind of working in the psychiatrist uh, back in the old days, like a psych ward, building, hospital, hospital for the mentally insane or whatever, stuff like that. And it, he works the night shift, and there's a janitor-type guy, an older gentleman, who is friends with Angel, and uh, Angel notices that every time they go on break, he disappears up into the attic. So Angel decides to follow him one day, and up in the attic are some cells, or rooms, prison rooms, prison cells, Whatever you want to call them for the mentally insane, how it's not exactly individual hospital style rooms. They're ones where you get locked up and have the little peek through doors to check up, up on the person and stuff like that, make sure they're all right. But the old man goes all the way to the end of the row of rooms and opens up the little window into the last room and all of a sudden he goes into some trance-like state and does this weird stuff and then he goes on with his day and goes back to normal angel follows them up a couple times and gets the curiosity going and looks in there and finds out that they have a character from angel's past locked up in a room there and they don't really fully know who the character is or what he's capable of or anything like that but they have him up there and they're trying to figure out how to help him and angel finds out what's the whole spiel of what's going on and stuff like that and then eventually there's confrontation between angel and the frankenstein character once some Certain things happen. It's, it's hard not to ruin all these stories when you're talking about a single, single issue comic. But yeah, that was that was enjoyable. I definitely want to read the first one, find out what happened with their first big fight against each other. One of my favorite goofy horror comedy style films is Sharknado, and I found this crossover of Archie versus Sharknado. Number one, I'm 
would love to see them do 20, 30 of them like they're doing with the films. But uh, you'll run out of characters if you do that. So they'd have to go into other crossovers or whatever to keep bringing in characters. But starts out with Betty and Veronica and Mr. Lodge just out in Washington doing some stuff. And there's people picketing about the poor sharks and the sharknadoes and sharks are sacred and you shouldn't kill them and all this stuff and then of course a storm rolls in while they're in washington betty and bronk are off doing whatever well mr lodge is uh doing his governmental stuff and uh, with the storm rolls in some tornadoes over the ocean and of course the sharks get sucked up and Mr. Lodge gets his arms ripped off and attacked by the sharks and uh, the picketers and stuff, all that. Just they're going to end up food for the shark. And then Betty and Veronica are like, well, we got to get back to Riverdale, help everybody out. It's going to be coming that way. Uh, I know what the gang's up to. And you find out that. Archie, of course, and the rest of the gang are out enjoying the summer weather at the beach. So they're going to end up, of course, in the path and of destruction from the Sharknadoes. So you got to watch it and you watch. You got to read and see what happens with the gang and who survives and who helps them out and all that. And it just. It's a very fun crossover. I really hope they do at least one or two more just to bring in some of the characters from the actual Sharknado movies and cross them over in here too. More of them. But yeah, that was really fun. I I, I definitely enjoyed that. It's got an awesome cover. Then I checked out another Gut Ghost one shot. And with this one, you... uh, Find out Gut Ghost, one of his lovers, like a demon, and it's kind of just a little crossover with that, with him meeting an ex and dealing with her and coming up with a new one. And well, there's a kind of like a female Gut Ghost that you get to see in this run. Uh, he's got characters that keep messing with him. He <laughs> so he'll sit there and whip his guts out and just devour them. It's like you got a little Friday the Thirteenth thing in here going on. Uh, his ex has this <laughs> cool little demon dog character that picks on Gut Ghost over and over. It's basically his ex's new boyfriend but if you want to call it new dog friend or whatever <laughs> but yeah you get, you get a variety of different characters in here you haven't seen any other gut ghost storylines and you get to learn more about them in here and uh, it's just it's fun watching what happens between the x and people trying to set them up with other gales and it just 
another fun gut ghost story. So that out. It's a load of fun. And then I have this hardcover Vampirella Horror Classics. I uh, decided to check that out. And it's fun because it's like the first story is more of a old-timey Dracula uh, vampire story. And it goes back to the old castle of Dracula and stuff like that. And him trying to impregnate Vampirella with the demon seed that will wipe out the earth or whatever. Then they go into an even older headless horseman style tale. This story was done in black and white. First one's in an older artwork look. Gives it that nice uh, Bram Stoker style feel. Then the headless horseman Gives you that old uh, spooky stories type look to it. And then the third story goes into more of an anime style Vampirella manga type. And that gets into a, like a detective story. He uses that character to get her story out. And I've, I've read that that story before in something else, Vampirella, uh, which I've mentioned. And then there's a kind of like a Little Red Riding Hood style uh, story after that. These assassins trying to attack Vampirella and the baby, and they're trying to just kill the child and end the future problems that he could uh, that they can prevent that they believe is going to happen the church and then the last one's uh, another kind of uh, manga style where she falls falls in love with Van Helsing and he of course is going basically wants to sacrifice her and uh she thinks that it's all a relationship. Why? She doesn't realize that he's just painting her, which he does to all his uh, playmates before he kills them. I thought this was Van Helsing, but now I'm thinking, I think I goofed that up. I, uh, and it talks about her coming from Dracula on and stuff like that and he knows her backstory but I'm not seeing it right here damn it I thought it was Van, one of the Van Helsing's but it could be could be another character I'm just not getting it not finding where it's located at at the moment but yeah anyways it was a good story and uh you, if you enjoy Vampirella, vampire stories and stuff, check it out. You will surely enjoy these. Oh, and there is a little bonus story in the end, too. So, yeah, check those out. They were a lot of fun. Well, not as fun as the first comics I was talking about. They 
Vampirella's a little bit more serious style, but has fun mixed in. But yeah, that's it for the comics today. And we will get back to you in a second with some multiple sclerosis stuff. Imagine you have a candy necklace. And you just start nibbling randomly throughout that necklace. That's basically what our immune system or cells are doing to the myelin that protects our the nerve sheath that exposes the nerve fibers that cause the nerves to misfire and not do what they're supposed to do when they're trying to get directly to something, but they have to go through all that damage and you, they lose most of their effect. That's basically kind of an idea of what it's like for our nerves with MS to get damaged while our myelin sheath gets eaten away. A new study has provided more insight into the damage to nerve cells. This is probably an old study, not a new study. Uh, that causes many symptoms of multiple sclerosis and has developed ways to identify therapies that could potentially potentially halt the damage. One of the hallmarks of MS progression is damage to nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord. Nerve cell injury causes a variety of symptoms such as numbness, tingling, difficulties walking, cognitive changes, and other issues that affect overall quality of life, as well as regular daily activities. While some nerve damage is caused by abnormal immune response that causes inflammation, with critical roles played by T and B immune cells, additional factors have also been implicated, particularly in progressive MS. Specific immune cells that typically reside in the brain are activated to release reactive oxygen species, ROS, toxic substances that damage nerve cells and myelin in a process called oxidative injury. Treatments that could target specific genes and in this way, slow or stop the damage to nerve cells in MS is available to us now, and they're working on more. They've come out with a few more of this in the past year or two. Uh, I can't remember the name of the newest one. I know Ma Mavenclad uh, jumped out here in the last two years, which I was really excited, waiting for it to come. <laughs> Not. <laughs> sounds stupid being excited but I heard things that I really thought highly of as far as effectiveness of Mavenclad or Mavenclad whatever you want however you want to say it but when it was overseas I researched it a lot and was very impressed by it and wanted to get on it but then my doctor said no we're going to go with Ocrevus so I went with that, and then my new neurologist also said, well, I'd like to see you go to Sabri next, but we're going to keep you on Ocrevus for now because my 
last MRI wasn't showing new lesion progression. There was a little bit of increase in size, I believe, in three of my lesions. But I just, for now, they want to keep me on this. So, Acibicin itself may not be a promising therapy in MS because of its known severe side effects when used as a cancer treatment. However, the work has demonstrated an exciting new target for the development of new safe therapies to preserve glutathione and block oxidative injury in MS. Scientists are excited about the possibilities of future research, including finding ways to selectively eliminate toxic immune cells from the brain and identifying safer compounds that block oxidative damage to the nerve cells and worries me about it is when we're getting into the cancer more of the heavy cancer related drugs is also mean we're going to probably have to deal with chemotherapy related stuff and things like that which i'm not looking forward to but i'd preferably just stick with it and since i'm progressed as far as i am it's not like they can give me back what I lost over those 30 years of searching for someone to give me a fucking answer that makes some sense instead of giving me the runaround and not listening to me. But with it being this far progressed, about the only thing I really want to try is uh, stem cell treatment at this stage myself. But I don't know if I'll when they'll get that where it's covered by insurance or acceptable for our doctors to say, go in and get some stem cell stuff done, but we'll see what the future has to offer. Clinical management of multiple sclerosis should be first, disease modifying therapies should be used to decrease the number of severity of relapses, to to decrease progression and to prevent minimize neuro- neuronal damage. Next, medication should be used to treat the various symptomatic problems like fatigue, depression, bladder problems, bowel problems, pain associated with MS. These medications prevent and or treat complications and preserve quality of life. Finally, acute exasperations or relapses should be treated with appropriate therapies depending on how bad, severe they are and stuff. A lot of times they're going to want to use things, want to get you in for uh, the steroid treatments and intravenous stuff. But you also got to keep an eye on that because we've been finding more and more research that repeated treatments of uh, steroids can cause other issues along with it. So be careful of those corticosteroids and don't just go in every time you have a little bit of an exasperation save it for when you got one that's extreme in my opinion and i don't i've only taken a steroid so far with my infusions 
I haven't gotten yes sign. When I was younger, I did, but that was way before I even knew I had multiple sclerosis. But when I was dealing with certain MS-style issues, I'd go into an ER, and I ended up, I know when I was in Arizona, I got some a mild steroid regimen back then, but they didn't relate. They related all my shit to heat stroke when I had that issue back then. It's like, so I don't know. It's, I just went with what the doctors say all the time and just kept asking questions, no answers. When treating relapses, the goal of treatment is to decrease the duration and severity of symptoms by reducing inflammation. That's where the corticosteroids are considered for mainstream treatment of the relapses. Um, What most doctors will end up pushing for if you have a relapse that you come in for. Characteristics of relapses causes new symptoms or the worsening of old symptoms can be very mild or severe enough to interfere with a person's ability to function at home and at work, must be at least 24 hours and be separated from the previous attack by at least 30 days, cannot be explained, can last from a few days to several weeks or even months, and no two relapses are alike. Take those into consideration when you're trying to understand whether you're going through a relapse or a normal exasperation type thing, a normal issue that just comes randomly on and and off if you are relapsing and remitting MS. Uh, if you're in a secondary or primary, it's more likely that any issue you have is going to stick around permanently or long-term. Despite their obvious benefits, adverse reactions associated with corticosteroids should not be underestimated. Short-term treatment with corticosteroids commonly, commonly produces a metallic taste in the mouth, insomnia, altered mood, headaches, body aches, and gastrointestinal pain. Those are some things to watch out for if you are taking those steroids. Uh, Strategies for decreasing adverse reactions associated with corticosteroids, metallic, metallic taste in the mouth, try chocolate milk or candy may decrease the sensation. Which I don't know if stuffing a bunch of sugar in your system is much better than metallic taste in your mouth. It could set out it, set off other inflammatory issues, but that is a suggestion by them. Insomnia, short-acting hyp- hypnotics or benzodiazepines may be useful. Uh, gastrointestinal upset, avoid all products that typically upset the stomach, like spicy foods, caffeine, and minimize exposure to non-steroidal inflammatory drugs like naproxone, sodium, 
or ibuprofen. I didn't know ibuprofen was an inflammatory drug. Or does that say not? It doesn't say non-inflammatory. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look into that some more because you know, I ain't taking ibuprofen right now because I heard of the side effects of ibuprofen and the COVID, but I also heard of aspirin and COVID issues. So I don't know what to believe anymore. I believe my body. If my, I take something and my body feels like shit, that item goes on then no more done with that for the rest of the life list. <laughs> Get rid of it. Like, like having a few drinks here and there. But uh, I have recently learned I am done with beer. I just, my body, every time I have one, since I have one or get to the second beer, I'm feeling like crap. Uh, I had a Bloody Mary the other day that then uh, it was more taste-wise disappointment than anything. And they make these Bloody Mary mixes so full of spices and stuff. It's like you're just eating a sand from the beach. <laughs> so much crap in there. It's just nasty. But, uh, yeah, I felt like crap after that. I had a bottle of wine. The wine didn't really mess with me, but it just didn't care for it. And then I have my tequila with lemon on rocks. No problems. No hangovers. Don't feel like shit at night. I Also, I'm a person now where I drink earlier in the day, have a few drinks for a couple hours. And then I quit. And by the time I go to bed, I'm sobered up and don't have to deal with that dry mouth, cotton mouth all night long and waking up feeling like crap. And so that helps out. But yeah. So watch out for different things that can upset your stomach. Use over-the-counter histamine two blockers like ranitidine or famotidine or antacids. Headaches and body aches, use acetaminophen. Avoid non-steroidal inflammatory drugs because they may worsen gastrointestinal upset. So take those into consideration if you're using the steroids and stuff. Then with the nice weather, gardening time coming up. Spring is here. So if you're doing any gardening, minimize your weeding. A weed preventer stops seeds from germinating, so you want to do this immediately after planting. So you don't have to do a lot of bending over and crouching down and having problems with your mobility issues. If you are planting seeds, consider using landscape fabric held down with garden staples. Between the rows, you can put down that early in the year and then while well, it's still cool out and then you don't have to deal with pulling weeds, weeds in the hot sun later on. Use soaker hoses wherever possible. They can be hidden with a little mulch on top if you want, if they bother you, you if you have to see them or anything. But you can let the water run just by turning them on. They have holes in the, the hose all over the place, and that way they can just, you can just leave it out there 
And if you have to go across your lawn or whatever, you can have one small section you can connect and disconnect when you want to run it so you, it's not in the way of a lawnmower or whatever. And then you don't have to sit there and stand out in the hot sun trying to water your plants in your garden. Sit when you can. There's benches and stuff you can get now to do work outside, which is nice. Gardening hand tools can be kept in a bucket, or these benches have little compartments in them and stuff to keep your tools and gloves and ties and all that stuff. Brands such as Troy Built now make models of uh, lawn equipment with optional rechargeable battery starters, which are awesome. Instead of pulling the cord, you just stick the handheld starter into the a hole in the motor and press a button and it fires up your yard tool for you so you don't have to fight with it. Pulling on the cord a hundred times to get it running. The zero turn zero turn lawnmowers. Uh, the controls require hands, not feet, which is nice. You don't have to work that gas pedal and break and you can sit there just as long as you're good with your arms and don't have a ton of jerky sensations because they're very sensitive they're fun they get close to everything and you can get in in between things you can't with a normal mower but you got to watch because they're also wider than a normal mower so you're not going to get through trees like you used to and a lot of tool handles are hard for some of us to hold comfortably so try getting a piece of plumbing tape duct tape or whatever insulation tape and tape it around the handle to make it ex a little extra thick, easier to drip on to. You can do that on your gardening tools or whatever. So take those things into consideration. Be careful in the hot sun this summer. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Big shadow monster. And we will get back to you again soon.